This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome in, everybody, to this week's episode of Five on Three, WFUV Sports podcast for all things hockey, not just NHL, but all things hockey. In general, I'd say I am Samantha Bohr, joined by Nick Palmer and James Burley. Before we get too far into the action of this week and general hockey times, how are we doing, fellas? You know, I was thinking about our intro, and they don't mention the Devils once. They don't, actually. And I feel like that's unfair to our own James Burley, who, oh, guys. who probably feels a little left out. So I just want to say, left out. outside of the intro, we love and appreciate the New Jersey Devils. That we do. That's so true. Well, wow, I, I don't even know what to say, guys. You guys just blew, <laughs> blew me away. Um, yeah, I just feel so validated right now that uh, I'm, I've never been more ready for an episode. Let's get it going. Wow, I love that. I absolutely love that intro right there from Mr. James Burley. Before we drop you, into the uh, NHL, I want to quickly mention the Premier Hockey Federation, the PHF. Um, not to get too far into it, uh, but we will be touching more and more on the PHF as we go throughout these episodes for the rest of their season. They are three quarters of the way through their season. For those of you at home who do not know, the PHF is essentially the women's equivalent of the NHL. Um, it is the professional women's hockey league here in America um, with teams, you know, all over North America, I should say, rather, as it does expand up to Canada as well, just like the NHL. Um, and yes, they are three quarters of the way through their season, 66 games played out of the 84 game schedule. So very, very similar to the NHL and their markings. Um, and there were a lot of great games over the weekend. The Boston Pride swept the fifth place Montreal Force. The Toronto Six split their series with the Connecticut Whale. And the Buffalo Buttes upset the third place Minnesota Whitecaps. The Buttes were in uh, seventh place in the standings with a pair of road wins. A lot of really, really great games this weekend for them. Number of storylines there. I highly recommend everyone looks up uh, these teams and looks up their highlights from these games. Only 18 games remain in the rest of this season, but the Boston Pride are 16-2-1 within the final quarter of uh, this this season so far for them. So just like the Boston Bruins. Boston running the standings. Boston running the standings, just like the Bruins, the Pride are showing out right now. But, I mean, you already look. They've already clinched a berth in the Ispo Cups playoffs, the Boston Pride have, along with the Toronto Six, who are 14-4-2. And and then the Minnesota Whitecaps are 10-6-2, but lost both of their weekend games to remain in third place with 32 points. The scoring is slightly different there, but, you know, it's pretty incredible, these players. The Pride are also back-to-back defending champions. So coming in in first place, not totally clear of first place because Toronto's breathing up their necks Mm -hmm. just like in the Atlantic Division. I would like to give a little shout out to Buffalo Butte's new goaltender, Samantha Ridgewell, Great who name. collected not only was she the second star of the week, I know you're Sam Borher, Samantha Ridgewell, <laughs> first career PHF win, first career PHF shutout, stopping 31 shots for the Buffalo Buttes, which, you know, you got to respect the New York. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm always a fan of new up-and-coming goaltenders, just as I'm sure you guys were crazy about Igor when mm-hmm. he was, you know, a new goaltender and showing off. So all the best to Samantha Ridgewell and a long and illustrious career, I'm sure, awaits her. Absolutely. And more more news for the Buffalo Buttes there. The Buttes, not only according to PremierHockeyFederation.com, not only pulled off their first weekend sweep of the season over the Whitecaps, but won their first road game in over a year and for the first time in franchise history, have won two road games in two consecutive days. 
So Buffalo Buttes may not be number one in the standings, but they're making our way to be number one in our hearts, dare we say. Storyline after storyline. So we just wanted to touch on the PHF for a little bit here. We will be getting more into them next week as we get closer and closer to the playoffs for the Isabel Cup. And then as we ultimately get into the Isabel Cup in March, um, which will be very exciting because these professional female hockey players are phenomenal. So I would encourage everyone, tune in, watch those games. Um, and listen to All In A Women's Sports Podcast if you care about women's sports. Bam! And the Metropolitan Rivers Riveters play in the area, American Dream Mall, in uh, Rutherford, New Jersey, right by MetLife Stadium. James, what's do. what's another notable team that's played I'm, in a mall? I'm so glad you asked, because <laughs> the Hartford Whalers also played in a mall. So there's some hockey trivia for you. Bam! There's your James Burley fact of the day. There Absolutely. Look at that. We're learning more Coin and more it. things every day. Coin it. Yeah, James Burley fact of the day. Stamp. Coined and minted. I love it. Well, while we're talking about New York area teams with the Metropolitan Riveters, let us get right into the Metropolitan standings of the NHL as we dive Love in here. Thank you. That was a pretty good one. Um, let us start off with the Rangers, I suppose. Uh, the Rangers have now dropped two in a row after their really remarkable seven-game win streak that we all were so excited about. Uh, they've now dropped two in a row. One of those was in overtime against the Calgary Flames. They lost three to two, so they still got a point there. Last one was a 4-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets, though. And, of course, the Jets are doing better this season than they have previously or even than they were at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, can't say it was this crazy big upset, but still tragic for them because this is just sad. Yeah, the Rangers are a better team, I would say, um, perhaps objectively. And it is sad that now they have gotten back to this point. But it's only two losses. One of them was in overtime. What can you do at this point? I think that you can't be too mad at it, and hopefully they don't let this decrease their morale. Oh, no. The Rangers played a team with a better goalie than they had. They did. Oh, oh no. They no. did. He walked. 50 saves, yeah? All over them. Oh, 51. Yeah, 51. 51. My friend. 51. Oh, no. 50 saves. Sorry, because oh, it was a 4-1 right. loss. 51 shots. You're right. 51 shots. Yeah, 51 You're right. Shots. You're right. You're right. My math was wrong. I apologize. Yes. It's 50 okay. saves. James is always right. Yeah. Um, goaltender walked all right all over these Rangers. That was absurd. Uh, that's, that's what happens when you play Connor Hellebuck. It is. It It is sometimes. I will say Connor Hellebuck is one of the most often on goaltenders I've seen in among, a while. Among like, the, the top tier Am- of Among the top yeah, tier, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying, to where he will have these ridiculous nights to you're like, oh, th- this guy should be at least on the top two considerations for the Vesna. And then he'll have these sort of nights where you're like, oh, that goal should not have gone in. <laughs> and Everyone has those, though. Of course, of course. And you know what? The Jets have, they were rolling through New Jersey, New York, until they met the Islanders. But that's a story for another 20 minutes from now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, the Rangers outshot the Jets significantly in yes. this game. And they dominated the offensive zone far more than the Jets did. I, it just seems like they... 51 to 21, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's crazy. And, and I will say, you know, Lou Orlando touched on this in his post-game recap. You should go all check he, that he, out. He does great work, guys. He does great check work. Igor Shosturkin was not Igor Shosturkin mm. in that game. Mm-hmm. There were a couple goals that leaked under his glove where you were like, ooh, Igor should have made that save. But... At the end of the day, he has been a solid goaltender for this team. And something I've noticed that I'm I'm not a fan of, as far as Rangers fans are concerned, they are quick to turn on Igor, yes, man. Yes, they are. Yes, they, they are. They have been real quick to turn on Igor, and I don't... That's depressing. And I don't think that's deserved at all yeah. for this I guy. Agree. So I'm curious to, th- 
curious to know what you guys think about this game. I, I think, just to, to really quickly touch on the whole Rangers fans turning on Igor, I just think, and I'm not blaming Rangers fans for this. I, I've, I Lord knows I've said mean things about Rangers fans in the past. This isn't a mean thing by any stretch. What I'm saying here is Rangers fans have been spoiled with goaltenders. You think about it, going back from, to going from Lundqvist immediately to Igor, oh, yeah. that's unheard of. And then, But your stopgap goaltenders in between there were Cam Talbot, who was sold at a massive profit when he came through with the Rangers. And you got Georgiev and Antti Ranta, even, who was serviceable in his time in New York. So I would say that for Rangers fans to see Igor, who is billed as probably the best goaltender of his generation, mm -hmm. leaking a few goals here and there, I understand why Rangers fans might think that. Just real quick, come back to reality, he's still a top three goalie in the league, yeah. bar none. You should be thankful he's even wears your jersey, let alone plays in a game and lets in a few goals. Bam. With that, with that said, the Jets were not even that impressive in this game. It was it was Connor Hellebuck's story, and it was Igor's. Igor did it was underwhelming, and he's allowed to have those games because um, of what he's done. His body of work already has given him a pass here and there, and I know. He's had a couple times now with the media where he says the goalie was expletive or this time he didn't even show up to talk to the press. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's still a younger goaltender. You think about what age goaltenders blossom in the National Hockey League. He's right at the prime where now like a lot of guys would be just breaking out of their shell. He's still a younger player, in my opinion, the way I see it. So I wouldn't worry too much specifically about Igor Shosturkin, and I'm not sure the majority of Rangers fans are, but to address those that are worried get real as as for losing that winning streak i they played so many games on that road trip mm -hmm. and especially so many in a congested schedule this is something that every coach in, in the national hockey league is saying lindy ruff said it and the post-game presser after the devil's bad loss against the montreal canadians is that you're going to see this around the league you're going to see two week two days off per week on these long stretches of games and it's just it's just every team has to do it now that's just the way it is in the national hockey league and i think that's probably what caught up to the rangers mm -hmm. too fatigue and, and then eventually just got worn down in ot by a flames team at the end of that western canada road trip and that's always such a difficult uh place to play to begin with and you think about they were in the shootout just a night before that yeah. so yeah. i think the rangers i wouldn't wouldn't press the panic button right now and you know still comfortably within third place in the Metropolitan Division because there's some distance from the wildcard teams. But, you know, this is uh, Detroit tonight will be a good measuring stick to say, let's get back to winning ways and a team that we know we're better than. Yeah, absolutely. I think that tonight, like you said, will be a good measuring stick. I think if they lose to the Red Wings, I'm going to be a little concerned, I suppose, for the morale of this team more than anything else, not necessarily for the playing standards, but just the morale. They do need a break. I mean, now they've had three days off between the last game and this game, which will be good. They last played on the 20th. It is now the 23rd. But I agree. I think that with this highly congested schedule, like you said, that they now have, it is very difficult um, for these players to play what they do. And obviously, it's their job, and you got to do what you got to do. But at the same time, and these people are human. You get tired. You have off days. I agree. I think that this is a thing that I've always said about New York sports fans in general, whether this be basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever. I think that they are so wishy-washy I've always said that where I think that when teams are winning they're like we are winning insert championship trophy here when it's losing it's we need to trade this player this player and this player fire blank we suck they suck fire them and like I'm not gonna lie like I've I've ridden that train like at the beginning of the season I was like we're gonna fire Lindy Ruff like 
not we. I don't work for the team, but like they you, are going you, to fire. You're still part of the family. I always say family. it. I always say it. You I appreciate are. it. But like I was like, they're gonna fire Lindy Ruff. They have to. And then I was like, okay, maybe I. I don't think I was overreacting due to this season no, last that year. That was that's that was a good reaction. That was a, that was a fair reaction. Fair, accurate. It was a fair reaction. Reasonable. Yes, but I've seen it where people continue that thought, or where people are saying, you know, people have been calling for Gallant to be fired. I think if they did, they would be idiots that is frankly the only word i can think of you would would be be stupid to want to fire gerard gallant sorry i think that is dumb but when people are calling to you know be like igor isn't what he used to be like trade for this person or we need patrick kane i'm like you need to reassess what's happening sorry i i just think that you're right i think you are so right where like fans should not be calling for igor's whatever or saying he's lost his touch at this point Maybe he's just how old is he? Like twenty five? He's not that. He's twenty. He's twenty. Igor. Yeah. Twenty seven. But like twenty seven. That's young for a goaltender in he's the young. National Hockey League. Yeah, they they yeah. last yeah. longer. Yeah, he's he's true. young and like he's twenty five. Yeah. Give him a break. I know we expect him to be perfect. Obviously, you know Vasno winner. He is who he is. But give him a break. Yeah. He'll return. He's fine. And it's not like you've got a bad backup anyway. It's not no. like Yaroslav Halak sucks. He's great too. So I think yeah. fans need to calm down. I would say that about fans of every yeah. single New York sports team. So And and besides Sambor being blamed on Twitter for being a New York New Jersey Devils trader. Oh my God. Um, yeah. For those of you that didn't see, I got a hate tweet this week. What? Yeah. yeah. I had a rando, a complete rant. I'm glad you brought this up. I had a complete I need to find who this is because yeah. I, I like I'll be like, hey, I've took over for her. So she didn't funny. leave. No, it's I, which I'm happy to put you on. It was it was so funny because I, I obviously I worked for the Devils last year as their beat reporter. I'm Rangers beat reporter this year, and obviously there's a rivalry. And I got a rando the other day after I posted like a day after I posted a post game report, who tweeted at me on Twitter, not even replying to any of my tweets, just fully added me and then said. What do they say? You should have stuck with the devils, you traitor. Traitor with a D. With a D. Oh. Not even regular traitor. <laughs> and I was like, ah! Well, that, 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 that reflects well I, on the New Jersey I, public I, education I, system. I will say, we, we've been bashing on New York sports fans a lot, but I will say, it is something unique to no other city to where these fans expect a lot from their teams. And I think the players appreciate that in some sense, to where New York sports... When when you show up, whether you're a Yankee, whether you're a Ranger, mm-hmm. whether you're a Nick, people will notice and they won't give you free passes. Yeah. And I think the best players will take that criticism and make themselves better. So <laughs> to everyone listening, I know you expect a lot from your teams. I respect that a little bit. Sure. Peace and love. Peace and love. I mean, I don't even know what to add to that. Yeah, that's fine. Let us let us move onward then. If we, if, I feel like that's a great place to transition. Let's Shall transition. we? Let's transition to another very, very passionate fan base, the Islanders fan base, mm. as we've got our very own Nick Palmer right here. Mm-hmm. Let us transition to the Islanders. The Islanders are happy currently at the moment. Islanders fan base is doing okay. Um, as they last won 2-1 to one versus Winnipeg, uh, they play the Kings tonight, yes, at... Seven? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tonight oh, you're right. in tomorrow. New Jersey. Tonight in New Jersey. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, tomorrow they will play the Kings. So Nick Palmer is having a really fun time. Nick Palmer will be making his beat reporting debut. Yay! Oh, thank you guys. So everyone, make sure to check out 
his Twitter and his social media. And Send everything. in your questions for him to ask Bo Horvat. Yes. Yes. Send in your questions for him to talk to people on the team. Ask Bo Horvat. Ask everyone. Ask and ask Kyle Palmieri how it was growing up in New Jersey. Something like that. Oh, there you go. So true. <laughs> so true. They have won. The Rangers now won the last two. They won over the Pittsburgh Penguins, which I'm going to be honest. I was not expecting Twice. them to win that game. They now won. They won 4-2 uh, to two in Pittsburgh, which I think was more significant. Correct. They got creamed by the Bruins, but I mean, right. what are you going to do? Peace, love, and positivity. It's the Bruins right in now. In TD Garden, mind you. In TD Garden, mind you. the Bruins you. don't lose. So yeah, they simply don't. I don't know what their record is. It was year. a fake game in that sense. Yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It's, it's, yeah. it's fine. Um, I The Bruins last year, I don't know what their record is this year, but last year they had some crazy, crazy stat was like they had never lost a home matinee game. Um, or something like that the entire season. I don't remember what the exact stat was, but it was close. So, obviously, whatever. I, that, that rings a bell, something was, about like never losing at one on a Saturday or something. Yeah, it was yeah. it was something like that, something very niche. Um, but anyways, Islanders fans are riding high right now. Obviously, a 4-2 win, then a 2-1 win, uh, and they will play the Kings tomorrow, which will be really, really exciting. Nick, you are from L.A. You sure. are a born and raised Kings fan in that sense, but you are now an Islanders guy. How are you feeling about where this team is at ahead of this matchup tomorrow? Are you excited to be there and watch both your teams play each other? I will, I've will. i never been more excited this season about the New York Islanders than I have been right now, and I'll tell you why. This team has been streaky. Mm-hmm. They have gone on six-game win streaks, and they have looked dominant, but they didn't look like the Islanders that they looked like in 2020. Mm-hmm where this team found ways to win in games that they didn't necessarily dominate. Because with the roster you have, this team is not going to wipe the floor with any team. They're going to battle hard for 60 minutes. And that hasn't been the case Mm -hmm. this year. Either they have won games, you know, with, with brute force, and I like that, but then they've also lost games where you're like, oh, this team, they don't have what it takes. But this last game against the Penguins, the game against the Jets... And the first game against the Penguins on February 17th, this wasn't a team that was dominating the whole game. This was a team that showed up in the third period. They said, we have a job to do. And they found any way to do it. And this is what you want to see from the New York Islanders. This is their brand of hockey. Mm -hmm. And this is the exact right time to start playing that brand of hockey. You are Matt Barzell-less for the rest of the year, it looks like. It does look He's like. not on the IR. He's out officially. Indefinitely, yeah. Lower body injury, not even disclosed at this point. <laughs> so they said, what are we going to do from here? And they are playing gritty hockey again. They're playing a full 60 minutes. And they're beating teams that are, that they first of all, they have to beat because they have games in hand. We'll get into the wild card later. But they're doing what they have to do in the third period, which was their, they, they were a third period team when they're doing well. And they're a third period team again, so I'm excited to see in person what they do against the Los Angeles Kings. Well, I'm excited for you. That's the perfect game for you to get your first report. Mm-hmm. Islanders-Kings. That's You know both teams so well. Yeah. That's amazing. You could go into both both uh, home and away locker rooms. For do questions. they let me? Yes. If you ask, yeah. That'd be sick. But just to, to I know you. I don't want to talk too much about the wild card because I know we're saving that. But the fact that the Capitals and Penguins are both on losing streaks is huge for the Islanders. The Penguins just had such a brutal weekend. Two losses to the Islanders, sandwiched with a loss to the Devils. Three division losses in like four days. Mm -hmm. That's really bad, especially when you look at how tight the wildcard race is going to be. Not to mention, they have games in hand on the Islanders, which is going to be a factor sooner rather than later. But for the Islanders to string away the wins that they did, in the way that they did is important. The Jets, 
that game, they really took advantage of a team that was going to be fatigued on the end of a tough road trip. We think about the Rangers losing that game to the Flames. I think about the Jets going into the Islanders with similar expectations. And now it's it's about can they get the King? Can they catch the Kings off guard now too? Because the Kings, I say, probably pretty close in level to the Jets, but they don't have the goaltending factor that the Jets have. Sure. And uh, did did uh, Hellebuck play against the Jets uh, against the Isles? I don't believe he did. Uh, yes, he did. He did. So he's yes, played he three in a row on this road trip. <laughs> I believe he did. That that's yes. cr- that's crazy. Yes. Even after he pitched a a fifty save performance. Yeah. Wow. I mean, well, yeah. talk talk about congested schedules and running your players too much. Winnipeg, mm. you gotta give you gotta give that guy he, a break. He, he allowed two goals on twenty two uh, attempts. Yeah, it's and, mm. okay, and over nine hundred. And if he can do still, that three games in a row, still. he was on he was sub nine hundred against the Devils. Ah, though. right. But right, on right, twenty eight right, shots, right, right. so it was, it was borderline mm. nine hundred. Enough about Connor Hellebuck. This is about the Islanders. Um, they have the Jets again uh, away, though, mm. right? Uh, on next this this coming weekend, later yes. this weekend. Uh, so Correct. I think they're put right back in the throes of it. They got a bunch of Western Conference teams now, teams that they're going to be unfamiliar with. These are games that, considering they have played all those extra ones, would be huge to get. Uh, just at least looking at the Jets and Wild on the road, because we talked about the Kings uh, tomorrow night. Jets and Wild on the road. That's four points up for grabs. I say if you can get three on that road trip. That would be put you in great shape for a playoff run. I absolutely agree. I think at this point we've all kind of agreed that we're talking about the Islanders in a wild card position, whether that's wild card one or two. We are not exactly sure yet, but I think they are very solidly putting themselves in that place, especially with people who share their division, who share their conference, who share whatever, going on these slides, going on these losing streaks. And they are teams that we have been looking at, like you said, the Capitals and the Penguins, really strongly for those wild card spots as well. So I think that bodes very well for the Islanders. They have been streaky, but like you said, now is the time for them to play this this style of hockey. And they're known as a comeback team. I mean, I don't remember what it was, but at one point in the season, it was like they had... It was it was two games back to back where they had two goal deficits that they came back from in the right. final like eight minutes of hockey or something. It was some very insane stat like that. That's who they are. That's how they play. They play tough. They play gritty. And like you said, what a better time for them to do this than now when they are Matt Barzala. So as we move on to another comeback kid style of the team, the New Jersey Devils, who last lost womp womp, to the Montreal Canadiens. I was going to say, I was like, ooh, this is not going to be a really fun transition. Uh, 5-2 loss. You nailed it. Thank you. Yeah. 5-2 loss versus Montreal. Still sitting pretty with a 37-15-5 record. They still have 79 points, second in the Metropolitan Division, only behind the Carolina Hurricanes. They are looking good. They will play the Kings tonight, uh, contrary to what I said earlier about the Islanders. That was a mistake. They will play the Kings tonight in New Jersey, which is really exciting. Then just after that, in two days, they will host the Philadelphia Flyers, and then they will go face the Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, which that will be a very fun game. All three of these will, I think. But Devils right now kind of going back and forth if you look at their last few games. Lost the last one, 1-4-2 versus the Jets, 1-5-2 versus the Penguins, lost 4-2 to St. Louis, 1-3-2 over Columbus, lost in a shootout to the Wild. You just hear this sort of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So they're not necessarily hitting their stride in the way that they once were in the beginning of the season slash at other points in the season. But all in all, not too bad, James, as our as our resident Devils expert. How are you feeling right now about this team? I, th- I think you look at the scoreline, Canadians 5, Devils 2, you think, oh, that's... That's probably speaks to a bigger issue. The Canadians have their entire team injured too, not to mention, and they're already one of the one of the worst teams in the Atlantic Division. So that 
on its own was not a good performance. Probably the worst single performance I saw the Devils have all season long. But if you take the context of the games that they've just played, that was their fifth game in eight days, Mm -hmm. coming back from a long road trip where they actually, despite falling to the Wild and Blues, they put up a really good fight against the Wilds, coming back from a deficit, ultimately blowing it late in the shootout. It is what it is. Blues, good team, crumbled late. And then the Penguins, who I thought that they really controlled the game for almost all 60 minutes. They went down early, but after the last 50 or so minutes of the game, it was all Devils. And then against the Jets, we talked about that game. They weren't great in that one, but they had the energy of the crowd, late comeback. The Devils have been the comeback kids of the NHL. They lead the league with 19 comeback wins. But for me, that's been a bigger issue, that they've started periods, and especially the first period, really, really slowly. And this has been a trend over the last 10 or 15 games or so. It's not some, a habit that they're breaking. Maybe you want to say it's fatigue. Maybe you want to say it's just having too many games in a short period of time. But it's been a pattern that has gone beyond the All-Star break now. So it's, it's something that they have to break. And I asked Damon Severson about it post-game, and he said that the team's comfortable playing with and without the lead. And that's very evident by how many comeback wins they have. But I think it's a concern moving forward that if they don't get the ball rolling early on in games, they're going to be chasing a little bit too much. And I think that's what happened against the Canadians, sure. a team that they're 100% better than, a team that they put way more shots on goal against. Uh, Sam Montembeau had a really good game, though. So yeah. got to give the yeah. goaltender credit mm-hmm. where it's due. But in a game like that where you're tired, and I'm thinking maybe like in a playoff series in a game six um, against a team that's going to have more speed and more talent than the Montreal Canadiens, you're going to play five games in seven seven or eight days, or probably eight eight or nine days then in a playoff series, this is when you need to be able to dig out results. The Canadians game, you take it aside, say forget about that one, move on. I'm really interested to see how they bounce back against a really tough Kings team yeah. today. They had yesterday off completely. Mm-hmm. So no excuse about fatigue now. As long as this morning's skate went well, they should have a good game tonight. I expect them to put a, a, put up not only a good fight, I expect them to win. Just touching on it quickly, because I think you made a lot of really good points. My eyes are on Vitek Vanacek tonight, mm-hmm. because his last game against the Canadiens, four goals on 17 shots. Mm-hmm. Not That's good. a 765 save percentage. That womp, womp. is, quite okay. frankly, unacceptable. And, womp, womp. You, you know, you, you, can, you can blame the Devils' defense on that game. You can say that they were tired. But he's starting tonight, and he's starting tonight against a Kings who have, quite frankly, three lines that can really hurt mm-hmm. you. Yep. They they are a complete team, and so when you have that constant pressure, we're going to see how he deals with it. I'm I'm hoping that because he only faced 17 shots against the Canadiens, that maybe a greater volume will keep him warm. I know as a goalie myself, I liked when I had 30-plus shots in a game because mm-hmm. it, it let me get into a rhythm. So... I'm I'm looking for Vanacek to get into a rhythm tonight, make, you know, e- even if he doesn't break 900, just get close to it, you know, mm-hmm. just have an improvement. I, I agree. I think that's a really good point about, um, you know, him only facing 18 or 17 shots or whatever it was, because at a certain point you get cold. You I get mean, cold, you get cold. Man. First of all, it's kind of hard to remain locked in when you're seeing no action for however many minutes at a time. Second of all, your body physically gets cold in the way that your muscles are not able to do what they're able to do if they're constantly engaged. So there's a difference between, you know, the devil shooting 40 goals, I mean 40 shots, sorry, and the Canadians shooting 18. You're facing different challenges in that way. So And obviously they're not blocking every single one of those shots. Obviously there's other things that factor in there, but it's a difference in terms of how much action you're facing. So... Devils will play the Kings 
tonight at 7? Yes. Correct. At 7 at the Prue, the Rock, the Prudential Center, as some might and call it. I think Vanacek is only playing tonight specifically because Blackwood got injured at morning skate right. Tuesday morning. Yes, um, Akira Schmidt out. is with the team, but that is a concern because not only was he potentially trade bait, because uh, with the deadline coming up, but Blackwood really was really starting to hit his stride. He's, he's been performing Looked, better recently. I yeah. think since yeah. the new year, the bar was low. Since the the bar was low because the of the bar injuries was in and purgatory. And, if you take a look at his 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 numbers in 2023, though, I think the bar goes up, and I think the trade value goes up. Injury Agreed. came at a really bad time, it did. And, and and I'm not just saying as a trade value because I think they should trade him. I'm just saying that because that's out there. Yeah, I think the devil should hold on to him because I think he still has value at goaltender, and because he just moved into my hometown, and I don't want him to have to move really quickly. Oh, so that'd be sick if he st- stuck around a little. You're hoping while to see him, huh? Yeah, like on dog walks, you know. You want to like be his friend? You should. You should make friends you with him. Be his friend. That'd be he's, cool. he's a cool dude. He seems like a really cool dude. Anyways, yeah. I, I like him. And he played person. great against the Jets. And he did. So there we go. Well, we will see what happens to Mackenzie Blackwood and the rest of the Devils. Um, like you said, Blackwood is out. He injured himself at morning skate, said he tweaked something. It was not very specific, but he's That's out hockey for- hockey injuries. Yeah, he's out for a little while. Uh, you got to take care of your body. So Devils will play in 45 minutes uh, at home versus the Kings. Sebastian Seaback's there, so uh, look out for his coverage. Yes, find Seaback If this on comes Twitter. out before that starts. I, I'm not sure if won't. it will, but that's okay. If not, then look out for his postgame report. Um, and with that- let us move to the wild card. We have touched on it a little bit in this game. Game? This podcast? It's, we it's have all so a much game. fun. It's basically Whoa. a game. Yeah, so true. If you're winning, it's a game and we're winning. We're all winning. I think we're winning because we're friends. The real game the real were game the friends is we made along the way. <laughs> the real games were the friends we made along the way. And I think family. we've done that. Aw, five on three family. So true. Um, but with that, our little five on three family will now discuss the NHL standings for the wild card because the wild card race is on. It is hot and heavy right now, as we have discussed earlier in this podcast. Excuse me. Um, right now, you see in the East, Islanders in the number one wild card spot, Panthers number two, Pittsburgh three, number four, Detroit, Caps at five. In the West, you see Edmonton in spot one, Wild in spot two, Calgary in spot three, Nashville in spot four, and the Blues in spot five. With that, what something that I think is so interesting about hockey, obviously it makes sense that it's proportional that your points are to the games you have played. Um, I, that just makes sense, obviously. But it's funny looking at the standing and seeing, oh, Colorado is in the third spot in the Central right now with 67 points, whereas Edmonton is the number one wildcard spot with 70. But Edmonton has also played three more games than Colorado, sure. henceforth. That's why they're not in the standings um, in their respective division, and the Avs are. But I just think that that's funny to look out and you're looking at the numbers. With that... We have in the Metropolitan right now, one, two, and three is Carolina, New Jersey, Rangers, Atlantic, one, two, three is Boston, Toronto, Tampa. None of those are a surprise to me. I feel like it's going to end pretty freaking close to that at the end of the season, if not exactly like that, especially in the Atlantic division. That's really the only thing that I can think of is that Toronto and Tampa might flip. Other than that, it's going to stay the same. Wild card. How are we currently feeling about where these teams are? Who do you think is going to make a run? I feel, like I've said earlier, Islanders are ending up one or two. I do think it's wholeheartedly possible that Pittsburgh is able to knock Florida out for that second spot if they are able to hit their stride, although we were just discussing how recently that has not been great for them. Florida currently holds a 29-25-6 and record with 64 points. Pittsburgh hot on their tails, though, with 63 points. But they've played four less games. They have four games in hand compared to Florida right now and five compared to the Islanders. So that could really hurt both the Islanders 
and the Panthers in the long run for this wild card spot here. So starting with the East, I suppose, I don't know if either of you feel particularly passionate about going first. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you feel about where these teams are? Do you think there's going to be any surprises? Where's this wild card race going? The Eastern wild card race has been so fascinating mm-hmm. to watch because there has been an absolute flip. I'm looking at the playoff percentages. I've been watching them the last two weeks because this is when it really gets interesting. The Pittsburgh Penguins were around 80% two weeks ago. They're now at 56. <laughs> the New York Islanders were at 13% two weeks ago. They're now at 33. So you're seeing a large shift going on. And, you know, it. I, if I had to make a prediction, and I don't like making predictions. I'm just kidding. I love making predictions. <laughs> you love them. You literally made the most I detailed love predictions of stirring all time. the pot. You know what? My prediction, the New York Islanders are going to end up first in the wild card. And the Detroit Red Wings, who have been trending up Great in call. the last couple Good weeks, call. will grab that second spot. I think Buffalo will be close. I think Florida will be close. The Penguins are falling off a cliff right now, yeah. man. And they do not seem to have an answer. So that's at least where I'm looking for this wild card. I think the Capitals also falling way off a cliff. They're now at an 11% chance of making the playoffs. Oof. You know, Ovi's back. He is back. Maybe that makes a, some kind of difference. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't like the way either the Caps or the Pens have been playing recently. Yeah. I, I'd still say the Penguins have, like, a, f- a foot in the door, it's I will say. because you can't count them out, ever. <laughs> well, they can't count them out ever, and because I still go back to the games in hand that they have. Mm-hmm. If they, like... It takes a couple games, a couple wins that bounces that go their way, and they already have a decent cushion. They've of, of the teams in the wild card race, I think they have the best points percentage, but are behind because they haven't played as many games. They are trending downward, though, so it's a slide that they're going to have to pick up. Detroit, on the other direction, they have the second most points percentage, and they're on the way up. So yeah. that's a really good call. I think they're they're like odds to make it on Money Puck, where it's like in the teens, though, Detroit? still. Yeah, 17. Hmm. 17. Yeah, so like... Crazier are, things have happened. People are sleeping on them. I mean, and we said the Rangers have a measure, measuring stick game away at Little Caesars Arena tonight. Had to had to say the name. Love it. Uh, Love that. For, I I would say equally, they're coming in against a Rangers team that's got something to prove. They're at home ice. If they can defend home ice against a really good Rangers team, that's a good boost going forward into this Eastern Conference Wild Card race. The Islanders. It's going to be about because they know they don't have as many games to cover that they're going to have to do what they can with what they have in front of them. That's why road trips like they have coming up are going to be so important. The Panthers, I don't know how I feel about the Panthers mm-hmm. because they're the most wishy-washy team in my brain. <laughs> I agree. I know the Buffalo. I know what the Buffalo Sabers are. They're almost there. The Panthers should have been there last year and now they're not. So it's it. They're in a tricky situation. The Capitals, their downfall has seemed inevitable for years. Glad they got the cup in 2019 when they sure. did. Their playoff window is slowly closing, and they're going to have to. I think we're going to see within the next one or two seasons, maybe after this season, a big overhaul of the Washington Capitals roster. I would agree with that. And um, I just wanted to mention also, you know, thoughts and prayers and positivity to um, Alex Ovechkin's family. His dad yes. did pass away yes, while he was on that trip back home, which is quite tragic. Um, so, thoughts to him and his family. But in terms of the wild card race, I don't see the Capitals going anywhere. I think Detroit is a great call, actually. I think it's very wholeheartedly possible we see the Red Wings in the playoffs in a wild card spot. That would be fascinating. I would love to watch them play playoff hockey because that is a team and a fan base that is 
fun to interact with because they play fun hockey. And they're starving for a playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. Oh, my remember how God. F- they're hockey town for a reason. Sure. Yeah. Remember how fun the Detroit Red Wings can be. Yeah, on, they, they can be very fun. On, on that same note, a team that sort of is almost there, who should have been there this year, is the Ottawa Senators. Mm. Their <laughs> GM said before the year, the rebuild's over. Yeah. It's happening this year. He said that. And they're at a 9.5% chance of making the yoffs. So, the ouch. yoffs. But could have been could have been worse. Could be zero like last year. Could be year. zero. Could be zero. And with that, let us move to the West. Currently, as we said, in the West, we're not as we said, but currently in the West, we have in the Central Division, one, two, three, Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, Pacific. We have Vegas, LA, Seattle. So, number one in the wild card goes to Edmonton, two, Minnesota, three, Calgary, four, Nashville, five, St. Louis, as we said earlier. With that... I think Edmonton is, duh, making the playoffs. I think that they're either sliding into an actual playoff spot uh, because I would be shocked if they made it in a wild card spot at the end of the season. I feel like they're making it a regular playoff spot. So with that, I suppose I think Calgary takes it. And hmm, I mean, I think it is very, very possible with Nashville and the manpower that they have there. Nashville finds a way in. I don't know who'd be one or two in that situation, so I'm not really going to rank those two. But it's, I think it's very, very possible that the wild card spots end up being the Flames and the Predators because I think that both of them have an ability to battle back. They have a way of coming in clutch when they need to and finding their way through. And boy, do they both want to be in the playoffs again. So I see no reason why it's not wholeheartedly possible. I see both of them. And plus, Nashville's got... Oh my God, a roster out the wazoo, and Calgary has people too. And plus, Nazem Kadri, now a flame. Of course, he wants to get back. He's been doing great this year. He wants to be there once more. So I see it wholeheartedly possible there. In terms of the standings, I think Dallas obviously is a lock. I think I'm fascinated that the Jets are second in the Central right now. I never expected that. Colorado is either going to be making it as a playoff team or in the third position, in my opinion. I don't think they're taking the d- division by any means. Pacific. I agree with where it's at right now, and I'm proud of the Kraken. Very proud of the Kraken. So that's what I have to say about the West. Now, if you're proud of the Kraken and you think they're going to make it top three, right? That yes. means either the Knights, the Kings, or the Crack or the Knights of the, the Kings will not be in the top three. Mm-hmm. So because um, the Oilers, right? Sure. So if you think the Oilers are making the top three, then you're either seeing the Kings or the Knights in that wild card spot, and then you're counting on the Flames. I'm not so sure about the Flames. Mm especially because of their Daryl Sutter issues. Mm. He has been... That's a good point. Sorry, excuse the pun. He has been flaming his players. <laughs> like, he, no, he has no, been. No, he, he has. He, he is not... He's a passionate man. He Old is school hockey. When, yes. when he was reaching the end of his tenure with the Kings, he wasn't allowed in locker room meetings because the players disliked him so much. So I'm seeing some serious Jeez issues. Louise. Especially with the way the Flames have been following apart defensively late in games. And if if you think the Avs, Jets, and Stars are making it, if you like the Predators, fine. If you like the Wild, I personally, I don't think the Wild have quite what it takes yet. No. So I'm looking at either the Kraken or the Oilers. I think they're quite interchange- mm-hmm. interchangeable between a third place or a wild card. I'd agree. And then probably Nashville I'm looking at. So a disappointing year, I'm thinking, from the Wild. And I don't think the Flames got it in them. I, I'm i not as bullish about Nashville just mm. because they have, a, obviously, with their defensive core, we've talked about it for years, and their numbers, they have given up, I think, the fourth or third or fourth least amount of goals in the conference, but yeah. they've also scored the third or fourth like least amount of goals in the West. In a, in a playoff setting, and I don't think 
that they're going to be able to like come up with a lot of important wins, important bounces that you need to get late. You know, sort of forcing games to overtime to get an extra point, putting away extra winning goals in overtime. The Nashville Predators don't appear to me like that team, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because of it. Hmm. The Pacific Division being as tight as it is in the top four makes this such a hard discussion to have. Because you look at the Central, and I think you can say with complete certainty that Dallas, Winnipeg, and Colorado should be the number three. If Minnesota squeaks in, they squeak in. But one of those three should be the other wild card. But then you look at the Pacific, and this could finish in any one through four, feasibly. One through five, feasibly. One through five, yeah. Yeah, you could totally. The reason I I said when we... um, when we did the big predictions, I had Vegas in first just because they have a history of being first. A short history, but it's their it's it's what it's recent it, history. They've kind of run the division, except if you take away last year. I was like, well, they take away last year since their birth into the NHL have been at the top consistently of this division. I think the Kraken, the first half of the year and the middle stretch where they started winning games like crazy. They really looked like they were going to be the biggest challenger. The Kings have been the most consistent, I would say, of these four teams. And the Oilers are probably the top end most talented. So it can go in any direction. But for that reason, because of the inconsistency of Seattle, I say they slip down to the first wild card. Edmonton goes third. And I have the Calgary Flames. Interesting. I like that. I would agree with that, honestly. I know I said I'm, I'm proud of the crack, and I think they're making the playoffs. I think the Blues right will make will, a push, though. I think the Blues will make a push, but I think they'll miss it by that much. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, I, w- I would agree with what you've said, James. I mean, I I think the Kraken are making it, but I do think that Edmonton and Seattle are very interchangeable there for wild card or for being number three in the division. I think it's wholeheartedly possible. So, regardless, we'll see you soon. Do you, yes. Yeah, j- j- just real quick. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy about the Blues. Um, just because they lost Tarasenko like and place. Ryan O'Reilly, I, 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 that's totally fair. I, and they I, might I, lose Barbashev as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't see them making a push. It seems like they've given up. So it, yeah. that's what it seemed like. And then they, and then they won the cup, though. <laughs> they that's gave true. up. They gave up, and then they true. won the cup. That's all I'm saying. They are, they are a team that, yeah, they are a team that can surprise you, um, in the untimeliest of circumstances. And I am the first to admit that had things maybe been a little bit different in. That uh, series against the Avalanche, incredibly possible we would have seen the Blues in the Stanley Cup Final um, instead of the Avs. I think that's incredibly true. So, there we are. And with that, let us move to... I'm going to keep my laptop open. A very fun segment. Oh, you're welcome to do that. My internet's just not working, so it's pointless to have it open anyways. (laughs) I thought it was a symbolic thing we were doing. Oh, no, it's also that, but, like, fun. We are now moving on to a fun little segment that we shall be participating in for the next little bit. Mixed bag. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Nick Palmer has been so kind as to print out some questions for us here, hockey-related, sports-related, five-on-three related, that we will be answering. It will not be all of them. It will be some of them. We'll see. But let us have some fun. We have a pile of questions. Over there. I, right can't, there. I can't reach them. If someone... Am I, uh, oh, I thought you were going to open No, them James here. is first. I'll, go right I'll, ahead. I'll go first. James, go first. Which reverse retro jersey was your least favorite? Easy answer. Go ahead. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, I hate oh, that. That jersey bad. is ugly. That jersey is capital U ugly. I hate it. I said it the day it came out. I was like, that can't. I saw it leaked and I said, that cannot be it. Wow, that sucks. And I feel bad for the fans of Tampa Bay who did not get to buy a sicker jersey this year. That's what I have to say. I, I'm staying in Florida with you, but it's not Tampa. Yes. It hits the Florida Panthers. Yes, yes, Way yes, too yes. much going on. on I that. Like thank you. It. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. Like thank you. It. God, I knew Way I liked much. you for a reason. Thank you. 
I like it. Jamesy? I, like um, I didn't... Uh, this might be controversial. I didn't like the Coyotes. I, I like the color scheme. Mine. The orange on That's it fine. is really nice. But they've committed to... What what do they call the... Oh, the like... The uh, Space Coyote. The, like, the Space like, Coyote. They've committed to that as their main logo again. So why is it in the reverse one when they have historically other logos? Sure. Very the good Phoenix point. Coyotes were actually a playoff team, if you, re- if you remember. Maybe homage to when they were called Phoenix and had that old logo. Sure. Very... But, uh, Very good point. I mean, I thought I thought across the board, most of the jerseys were pretty fire. I agree. I thought most of them were pretty good. I thought this was a good year for reverse. I love the reverse retro trend. I think that they should continue doing it probably every other year. I th- think and I think be... it's... So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, please. I think it's hilarious that they gave Vegas one. Oh, no. I love that they do that. I love that they <laughs> give and Seattle, Seattle. Kraken. The Kraken have one. The, I will say... The Kraken's reverse retro jersey might not really be reverse retro at all, but, but it's, it's sick. Shout out Nick Nappy who has it. Yes, yeah. Nicholas does he have Nappy. the Maddie Beniers one? Nicholas Nappy does, does have yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Seattle Kraken it. jersey, and it's really awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, and with that, this says, "Give the other two New York teams a backhanded compliment." The other two referring to the team that we do not cover. Correct. Okay, I I need to like think of this. Like I don't. Um, uh, do either of you have a backhanded compliment ready I, and rare? I feel I, like you do. Nick. I could do this for hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Go one um, of you. If not, you know what? We can... I love how the New Jersey Devils have such consistent goaltending. Please. That that consistently inconsistent. I, consistently I, I love your guys's goaltending so wow. much. Wow. You know, the New York Islanders. I mean, okay, thank you. <laughs> New York Islanders. I love how faithful your fans are, even when they are watching some of the worst hockey that has been played in the state <laughs> oh of New York goodness. in recent memory. <laughs> I I love how the New York Islanders uh, have ruined Lou Lamorello's legacy. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I love that these aren't even backhand. These are just like roasts. These like are just we're all just like, well, no, I, I, I'm always supporting Lou. I just, I knew I had to get a Lou themed one in there. Oh my gosh. I don't even know for the devils what I, um, uh, I love how the New York Rangers make me spend all my money every time I have to go to a game. That is literally <laughs> true. Yes. Yes. You know, New Jersey devils. Rock on. That's all I, I I love how the New Jersey Devils consider themselves a New York sports team. Hey, that. Hey. That. Only for media coverage purposes. Identity-wise, we're Jersey and we're sticking to it. I have to give a rain, the Rangers a backhanded compliment. Let me think of one. That's not just overtly mean. Um, I love that the New York Rangers fans continue to have hope year after year. Mm. I I like that one actually. That one's that one's good. And keep doing it. Which team do you hope, not think, will win the 2023 draft lottery? Ooh, that is really good. That's an awesome question. Which I team can... do I hope, not think, will win? Yeah. I can tell you which team I hope doesn't win it right now, and that's the Columbus Blue Jackets because <laughs> I do not want Bedard and Goudreau to be on the same line. I just feel bad for everyone who gets stuck in Columbus. I'm sorry, Johnny Goudreau. And I Aww. it was his it was his choice. He chose to go there. I'm not sorry to go, Johnny Goudreau. He did. I will say my answer for who I hope is who will be at least in the top three contention for it, the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. yeah. I like the Ducks. I hope they win. I love Trevor Zegers. I like Troy Terry. I hope that they win. I hope they have a better season. I just can't help but feel 
bad for them. So I hope the Ducks win the draft lottery. And I think they probably will. <laughs> hmm. I'm looking at all the teams. I don't want the, the Flyers. It, it's bottom 12, I believe, uh, who have a percentage chance of getting it. San Jose Sharks wouldn't bother me if they if they if they had uh, the Connor sure. Bedard. I mean, the, essentially, the first if winning the lottery is means Connor, to get Connor Bedard. Bedard. Sure. So this question is: Who do you want to have the next best player in the NHL for the next ten years after perhaps Connor McDavid? Right. And I think it would be cool if the San Jose Sharks had him, just because I think of the teams towards the bottom, they have the coolest color scheme and uniforms. That's fair. And um, the Ducks, uh, the Ducks are another team that I feel like could really benefit from them. Put some Disney style hope back into their sales. The Chicago Blackhawks, you've been too good for too long. You don't need them. Agree. The Arizona Coyotes, he doesn't need to play in a five thousand seat uh, rink. I'm not saying that as a dig. I'm saying that this wouldn't be fair to him. He'd be the most marketable star yeah. in mm-hmm. hockey for a while. They already charge way too much to go to that. Sure. He'd be for the league. Philly would be great because because guess guess how many people would be because uh, a, a short guy super quick is gonna generate a lot of physicality. Sure. What better teammates would you want to protect him than Philadelphia Flyers? Sure. True that. True. I would. That. And you know what? He'd be fun to root against. True. Agree. So maybe I've come around. Rock Give on. him to the Flyers. Rock on. Why don't you grab another one, James? I'll grab another, another one. Let's do let's do one more round let's, and then we'll call it a day. Round, yeah. Rank in order of attractiveness. I like this one. Jack Hughes, Trevor Zegris, Sidney Crosby, Hank Lundqvist. Oh, that's a horrible question. I think I know who everybody's going to put first, and I'm going to put him last. What? You are bonkers. I'm biased is what it Go is. Ahead, I know Sam. you are. Okay, so it's, wait, it's Lundqvist, Hughes, Sidney Crosby, and, and Zegris. Okay, 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 but really? Henry Joe, Lundqvist is the most gorgeous man I've agree. ever seen in my life. It goes, All right, Henry aside, Lundqvist. No, he's he's per- it's, not and he's, jo- it's not a joke. No, and he has the best style ever, and he can play the electric guitar. Man. Silver Fox. He's awesome, and he's a cool person. So I like him. Lundquist, Zegris. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sidney Crosby has any puck bunnies. I was gonna say I. He's, hey, he's a handsome grown. Oh, man. I'm not. I'm not okay, taking anything Hughes, away Crosby. from Crosby. Yeah, no, no hate to anyone involved, but that there, is my there, my ranking that I will not be discussing further. <laughs> there is an online contingent of people specifically going to Jack Hughes's games I just because of his looks. Yeah. That is true, but that you know, bothers me a little bother- bit. Though I don't I like bothers that you. Notion. It bothers me. I, I want them to go because he's a talented young he fellow. Don't objectify Jack Hughes. I also, right? yeah, I don't like. There's also this notion online that women only like hockey because the players are attractive, mm. and I'm like. If you I'm wanted a, to watch a game full of attractive yeah, players, Ilya is not the game. They're all missing teeth. Anyways. And they're all wearing helmets. And they're all wearing helmets. Anyways, what are your rankings? Go ahead. Oh, I, no. I, I have the same said. as yours. Yeah. Oh, you have the same as mine? I, I think that's the only. That's awesome. I think that's the only ranking. I think that's ranking. the only way. I was, I th- I was high-fiving you because we're agreeing. But I also love that. All right, let's okay. grab two more and call it. We t- okay. Combine that. Okay, I liked it. Um, okay. Who is the least likable NHL player? Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov. Oh, awesome. Okay. That All was right, easy. Great. Should I pick another one? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, yeah, Tony sure. D'Angelo. But oh, that's, close. that's a good one, too. Oh, well, let's just look at every Flyers defenseman. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. What would be your signature shootout move? Ooh. Mine would mm. be the Kucherov. The oh, no I move. I can't pull it off. The no, I, ca- so I, ca- I can't do any of it. I had I, I'm horribly, 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 um, like, terribly uncoordinated. I don't think I could hit anything with a puck and a stick, to be frank. Except maybe another person. Should give it a shot someday. I'll try. 
I went with we Tyler Mooney to uh, a Devils game together when we did Devils Islanders last season, Cute. and they let us on the ice after the game um, for like the fan engagement thing, and we were just like, can we do it? And they went, why not? Mm. And they were not supposed to, but they let us on the ice, and he got to shoot um, a puck uh, on the wow. ice at the Prudential Center, and he made it in the what, net. What would be your move, Jamesy? Um, I don't know if you guys remember, Sam Gagne had a specific shootout move, and essentially... It was you fake a you fake a shot, you block the puck backhand, you fake backhand, and then you wheel around forehand. Oh, that's a good one. That's awesome. So that was that was my move when I would go in the shootout. And the whole point is you can vary it. You always start with a fake shot. You could fake forehand and go backhand. You could fake forehand and still go forehand. Requires a lot of edge work. So I wasn't very good at it because I had crappy edge work. But that was my go-to shootout move. Good so, thing I never went in the shootout. Nice. So we're wrapping up the episode. Just give us a name. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Who deserves the cover for NHL 24? Unbiased pick, Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. Who's on it this year? Trevor Zegers. Trevor Zegers. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Nurse. Sarah Nurse. Darnell Nurse. No. Oh, no. Not, not, Sarah Nurse. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Nurse. Nurse. Sorry. I was like, Darnell Nurse? I was like, what? Oh, Sarah Nurse. You're right. You're right. Um, unbiased pick. Yeah, I think it has to be Jack Hughes. I, w- I would like Kirill Kaprizov. On That'd be another yeah, good that's one. Another, I think anything for the same reasons. Yeah. Young, marketable stars. Young, marketable, talented. Incredibly Jack good Hughes, handsome. American Kaprizov in a ma- in the probably the biggest hockey market in America yeah. in Minnesota. So. Yep. I absolutely right. agree. And with that, we will begin to wrap up our little episode here of Five on Three. This has been lots of fun, fellas. Um, my name is Samantha Boer. I was joined today by Nick Palmer and James Burley. This has been another lovely edition of Five on Three, WFUV's podcast for all things hockey. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. We have the Rangers in action tonight. We have the Devils in action tonight and the Islanders in action tomorrow. So be sure to tune in and stay tuned for all of the various beat reports and everything coming out about those. With that, have a great night, everyone. Be safe. Have fun. Make good choices. Watch some hockey. Five on Three is a production of WFUV Sports.